You create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. Hello, storytellers, and welcome to episode 12 in the series on how to tell a story. You know, <laughs> I've been lying to you. Each time I've done one of these, I've given you the wrong number. I believe last time I said it was episode 10, it was really 11. Anyway, this is episode 12. It's also episode 169 of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. And this is going to be a fun topic. We're going to explore cliffhangers. Literally, a cliffhanger is an ending that leaves an audience in suspense. And the term developed in the 1930s when there were film series with episodes that literally left characters hanging on the edge of a cliff at the end of the episode. Doesn't get more specific than that. Let's look at what cliffhangers can mean to you in your communication. I'm going to be using the word story, a reminder that every kind of communication that you have is a story of some kind. If it's a one-on-one -on -one communication, if it's a formal presentation, an email, um, a sales letter, it's a story that you're telling hopefully with an intention to get a certain response from the people you're communicating with. When you are telling your stories, how do you use cliffhangers? Well, think of your cliffhanger as a device to open a curiosity loop. That's what you're doing. You're opening a curiosity loop and you're going to close that loop or resolve the issue that you introduce later on in your story. One of the best ways to experience this, to know what we mean, is to see a brilliant use of it by a journalist. His name is John Franklin, and John is spelt J-O-N in this case. And he wrote a book. I've actually referred to it in previous episodes. Worth repeating, the book is called Writing for Story. Craft Secrets of Dramatic Nonfiction by a two-time Pulitzer Prize winner. And what Franklin does in this book is he says, okay, journalism is reporting the truth. It's reporting facts. But if you just report the facts as facts, as data, they will not grab attention. They will not be remembered. They will not have an impact. So how do you use all of the principles of dramatic communication to deliver those facts? And what he did is he created a short story. And again, you can find references to it in previous episodes. 
The short story is called Mrs. Kelly's Monster. I'll tell you what it's about after I read you the first two paragraphs. The story begins. In the cold hours of a winter morning, Dr. Thomas Barbie Ducker, chief brain surgeon at the University of Maryland Hospital, rises before dawn. His wife serves him waffles, but no coffee. Coffee makes his hands shake. In downtown Baltimore, on the 12th floor of University Hospital, Edna Kelly's husband tells her goodbye. For 57 years, Mrs. Kelly shared her skull with the monster. No more. Today she is frightened, but determined. Let's look at the powerful cliffhangers that Kaplan uses in those two short paragraphs. First, we meet this brain surgeon, and we meet him at dawn when he's having breakfast. That in itself, I mean, you're going, who who gets up to have breakfast at dawn? And then why is it really important that his hands don't shake today? Okay, he's probably going to be doing an important surgery, but we don't know what that surgery is. And so we need to hang around and read further to find out. Beautiful use of cliffhangers. Next, we jump right into the life of Edna Kelly. And the biggest cliffhanger in that paragraph is reference to the monster. She shares her skull with the monster. I mean, what does that mean? Who is this monster? What is this monster? We've got to know that open loop must be closed for us in order to satisfy our curiosity, and it's only going to be closed if we continue to read on. Let's look at examples of that in everyday life, examples that you and I are totally familiar with. You either have watched the news before or you still watch it now. A lot of people don't watch the news because it's so negative. But we are familiar with the fact that news anchors will always introduce an intriguing topic. Well, they can make any topic intriguing just before they go to commercial break and they'll leave you with unanswered questions. So here's an example. An announcer says... A new conflict erupted between the United States and North Korea. The leaders of both countries exchanged harsh words. Can these tensions be resolved, or will they lead to war? More on that when we come back. And then we cut to a commercial. You will come back after that commercial. You may mute the commercial, but you will unmute when the news broadcast resumes. Simple, everyday use. We're familiar with it. It happens again and again, and it always works. Very, very powerful. Okay, let's bring it closer to home now. What about your everyday communication? Let's say that you are doing a, you're a network marketer and you're talking to a prospect one-on-one. How can you use cliffhangers to engage that person and keep their curiosity piqued 
throughout your conversation. The conversation in this case, we'll say, is about the financial opportunity that you're offering this person. You could say something like, you're probably wondering how long it will take you to earn six figures a month. And that's a great question. Before I can answer that, there are a few things I need to know. Now, you've gotten that person's interest, and they will allow you to ask them questions. And you will be asking questions that will tell you more about what you should say specifically to this person. You'll also find out if they're really a good candidate for you to even pursue. You'll ask qualifying questions. In an email, you can create suspense immediately with a good subject line. It can be humorous. It can be uh, a question that's on everybody's minds. It can be a bold statement that people are about something people are thinking about. And then you develop your their curiosity throughout the email and then deliver on your promise to fulfill that curiosity at the end. Presentations, formal presentations. Uh, let's talk first about webinars, which are formal presentations. Webinar leaders, good ones, will introduce an ethical bribe at the beginning to make sure that you hang around until the end of the webinar. And if they're really good at it, you'll hang around even if the webinar is two or three hours long. So at the beginning, they'll say something like, I have an exciting and valuable gift for you. It's worth, they might even give you the name of it. It's a product that they've created that they're going to give away. And they'll hint at it's really powerful benefits to you. They'll tell you that it's uh, normally costs $97. But for those of you who are here at the end of this webinar, you will get this as a free gift. Now you're motivated to hang in. Of course, they will develop other curiosity, open over other curiosity loops throughout their presentation to make sure that you stay in the game, that you stay with them. But that is a technique that you should learn to use. Let's talk about a formal presentation, uh, selling something from the stage. Let's say that you're selling a weight loss nutritional system. And your presentation, first of all, it's going to educate people on different challenges that people have when they've attempted to lose weight. And you're going to use the principle of threes, the magic of three. What do I mean by that? You have one powerful message that you want to drive home, which is going to lead you to an offer that you're going to make. To develop that message effectively, you're going to break your presentation into three significant topics. Each one will build on the one before it. And by the end, you'll have made a case for whatever it is that you're offering. You take those three topics, and in order to smoothly go from one to the other, you build cliffhangers in to the transitions. Here would be a specific example on the topic of weight loss. The first unit 
would be why diets don't work. You would demonstrate that to your audience with examples about the different kinds of diets that they may have tried and paint pictures for them that they can relate to about how those diets failed them. And then you're going to transition into the next unit by making a statement like this. So here you are, and you know this next diet is really putting you on the end of another yo-yo string. Will you give up and just resign yourself to never losing weight? Or will you look for another solution? And then you introduce the topic of fasting. You discuss the pros and cons of fasting. And perhaps when you get to the end of that unit, your transition will be a statement like this. Yes, you will definitely lose weight when you fast. The problem is you won't only lose fat. You will also lose lean muscle. And that can be dangerous to your health. Not to mention, you're not going to like the way you look. And then you segue from that into unit number three, which is a discussion of nutritional cleansing. It's a way of fasting that allows you to flood your body with nutrition, even though you're not eating any solid food. And that will lead you to the offer that you're going to make about a solution that uses your nutritional cleansing and allows people to lose weight, perhaps even gain lean muscle, and look and feel their best. You keep their interest with these curiosity loops from segment to segment of your presentation. Start experimenting with this. Start playing with it. It is a kind of fascinating game. And the beautiful thing is that when you get better at it, you'll notice that when you're talking to people, not only will they be more engaged in what you're saying, but their energy will pick up. Yeah, you'll actually be giving them a shot of energy. It will also excite you and raise your level of energy. And when you're making offers in a sales presentation, this will definitely lead to more sales and more money. Play with this, get excited about it. Begin this adventure by asking, how can I change my story and change my life? Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.